Hey everybody, this is Captain Katz. And the Knight Rider. I'm Guy. I'm and here. welcome back to another episode of Captain Katz and the Knight Rider. So to th- this week we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. And one of the things that's been happening this week was the artist Banksy, who did something really interesting. Did you guys hear about it? No, I haven't. Okay, no. so here's a quote that he did. He the quote was from Picasso. He says, "The urge to destroy is also the ur- is the creative urge." He had uh, an auction of one of his art pieces in a in a museum. Then once the gavel hit, it automatically destroyed itself. It went through like a shredder going down, and they had to stop it. Here's the question: A lot of people saying that doing that. Did the art piece go up in value or down in value? Why? But first, um, can you say the quote again? I, I didn't catch it completely. The urge to destroy is also a creative urge. Picasso. Wow. And that happened? Yes. I think it went up. You think so? Well, that eight, I mean, that urge, I mean, it fits perfectly. It's like, wow. And it was Picasso quoting, right? Yes. It was meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. And what about Banksy's aesthetic? Maybe that was another one of his artistic interpretations, using Maybe. Picasso as a source to like, well, how about we do it like this? Was that was that intentional or was it accidental? He built the he built the frame himself, and it took him about three years, and he didn't tell anybody. The oh. only announcement he had was, "Okay, I'm gonna auction off one of my art pieces with a frame and everything." Okay. And then after the bid, hit the gavel, start shredding itself. So when the gavel hit, hit that's it, when it started. It be, maybe that's the final, you know, actual action of the art. It's the final touch. Yeah, I don't know. If it is, then well, it, it should go up in price because now it's complete. By destroying so? itself. Yeah, well, I mean, there there should be some proof that that you know you're you're right, guy. I mean, for instance, what about his last painting before this one? How long did it take him? Hmm. Um, seriously, good. because if it took him three three years to do the one that got shredded, it could be he you know he masterminded it with the frame. I mean, he said you said he did the frame himself. Yes. So that would mean that it took him three. It took him you know maybe a relatively short time to paint his his piece. And then it took the rest of the what's left of the three years to actually, you know, mastermind and set it so that uh, once it hits a certain sound frequency, we know with the hit of the gavel, then it commences commences to go down. Mm-hmm. Okay. There ain't no electronics, so that's is the playing part of the art. The, I mean, the, I guess the production for that final art to to be completed. I don't know. Because Banksy has been famous for doing notorious things that that kind of pushes and questions art. He he's done. He did a theme park yeah. that talked that talked about the horrors of Europe and living in Europe and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a piece here, I think, in the United States criticizing America. Okay. Um, Freedom of speech. Eh? Yeah. 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 So everything he does, it's always kind of questioning the authority and also pushing the boundaries of art. Well, he ain't no Jacques-Louis David and he pushed completely. Before. He was around during the French Revolution. Um, he took vengeance against the uh, uh, art academy for screwing him over for so many years. 
And so when the French Revolution came around, he was practically, you know, executioner. Hmm. Or just due to interpretation, I guess. That's the only <laughs> statement I could think of. I mean, um, what kind of painting was it? Oh, it was just basically a, a little girl holding up a balloon with a heart. And was it shredding going downwards? Yes. Did the balloon look like it was rising up or not helping at all? Not helping at all. I, I think it matched perfectly. What's it, the name of the piece? There could be a possible clue in there. That I don't know. Um, there wasn't a name or anything. What was a no? Nothing. There's no name of the art piece. Was it a good picture at least, or a good painting? It was okay. It was just basically just a little girl in a raincoat and something like that. And it's black and white. The only thing that was colored was the heart shaped balloon that was red. Kind of like the, I guess the, that girl from that movie. Uh, Schindler's List. Yeah, Schindler's List. At the end, there's that one girl. The little had, girl with, with the, the red, red scarf. Mm-hmm. The red. Uh, the one to identify her, I guess. Yeah. So, is that perfect? I mean, if if it's the theme of what he intended to, right? Right. The urge to create and the urge to destroy. Hmm. He did both in one shot. <laughs> well, he created probably. money by auctioning it and destroying it. Maybe it's, maybe it's a critique on, you know, people who value art itself. You know, you might draw something that is, you know, obviously ridiculously ridiculous and banal, and then it goes for millions of dollars, and, what, you're just going to hang it up or do something with it, you know, like let it collect dust and that's it? Maybe his point is, you know, you know, you give it the power and value that it deserves, and once, you know, the gavel hits, you know, the thrill, the magic is over. Bzz- yeah, maybe. You never know. I don't know. It's it seems like premeditated. Uh, so yeah, I mean, a, a, a sense, simple painting like that. Yeah, three years. You have to. It had to go up in value because that's what he intended. I don't think he destroyed it unless it's, if that was the intention. If it was accidental, it should still go up in value because it is just a. A situation that is so ironic that you can't re- replicate again for a while. And the only one who can explain it completely the reality of what's going on is Banksy himself. And this, did he say anything? Nope. Nothing that I know. That's perfect. Leave the um, the mystery, the mystique, the the art that did it finish by destroying itself. Yeah. The yeah. only thing he said was just that quote from Picasso. That was it. Yeah, it sounds premeditated. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm, why I'm not saying he did. I'm just saying it sounds. That's why I asked you how long it took his other, like the previous piece, art piece that he did before this one, you know, like how long it took because if it was premeditated, I mean, a simple painting like that would not have taken three years, Mm -hmm. especially when he said, I I did the frame myself. Yeah, well, I guess we'll never know. But Banksy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, speaking of that, let's move on to another subject. Um, with the ending of the season seven of the Venture Brothers and the second season of Big Mouth's coming out, um, let's talk about adult animation. Like, what's your guys' three favorite adult animated series, cartoons, movie, or anything like that? You guys have any honorable mentions before that or anything like that? You want to start? <laughs> Well, it's not an honorable mention because it is the gold standard. Uh, Fritz the Cat. That is the gold standard. 
you know, the, you know, you know, the adult situations, the the contents, you know, not un, you know unheard of at the time for cartoons and stuff like that. Because it used to be, oh, Walt Disney and all that stuff, and then came Fritz the Cat. So it is not an honorable mention. It would have to be the golden standard. Well, when it comes to adult animation. Okay. Because why are cartoons cursing today? Because of Fritz the Cat. Okay. Yeah. In Western animation. Right. Well, I guess I had put my armor mentions. Okay. It's actually a cartoon in a cartoon. Okay. Itchy and scratchy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why it's an armor mention. It's not. It's not actually the cartoon itself. So, right. but it's a you know a, a, a preview <laughs> of what Tom and Jerry should have been if it was modernized. Hmm, that's true. That's yeah. my true. take on it. Tom so. and Jerry did more horrible things to itch and scratchy, but you know they always come out walking and talking. But they had no blood. There mm-hmm. was no color of blood. Yep. Or stereotypical mammy hitting you with a broomstick, so yeah, yeah, it broke boundaries. Yeah. Well, what about you, narrator? Any honorable mentions besides the golden standard? Well, the golden, like I said, the golden standard does not count. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it is pretty hard for me because I don't really watch adult Western animation, except when it comes to like the modern times with you know okay. like Big Mouth coming out on Netflix. So I don't have any honorable mentions. I'll just go straight to the list. Okay. Well, some honorable mentions I have would have to be HBO Spawn. Mm-hmm. That one was really good. It 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 did push the boundaries of what superhero mm-hmm. uh, cartoons could could be <sighs> if they crossed the line. I should have mentioned that. Now. <laughs> Is that the one with Keith David? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. He was the voice of Spawn. Oh, I love Keith David. Yeah. Um, that one, um, Mike Tyson's Murder Mysteries. Oh. That one was funny. It was good. Um, Mike Dyson and Norm McDowell really stole that show like crazy. Mike Dyson or Mike? Mike Tyson. Okay, I thought he had that. He, you know, flipped his name a little bit, but kind of like. No, no, no. no. Tracy Morgan did. No, no, no. Tracy Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No, no. And um, the last honorable mention I would have for would be Harvey Birdman, Attorney of Law. Mm -hmm. Mm. That one was good. An all star cast. Um, the special is going to come out, so I hope the special can live up to the series' name. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, let's get to the... Let, oh, no more. On, uh, I actually have more. Okay. Well, what do you have? What do you have? Yeah, well, I'm starting to come back to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not really adult, per se, but it's the Adventure of Madeline, the anime version from Japan in the 80s. Oh, really? It's just a tearjerker. I thought to be... <laughs> okay. I mean, well, she was looking for her friends, and it, it was like a journey, mm-hmm. and she never met him, so... In a way, it was kind of adult. Oh, okay. But the demographic was for five-year-old little girls. Ah. But a lot of sadness in it. Ah. All right, what about you, narrator? I know, that's, that's all I track. I was going to say, you know, like, you know, <laughs> Super Jail or Mr. Pickles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I do have one more honorable mention. The Amazing World of Gumball. Okay. It's okay. an adult cartoon that was made for kids. And they don't appreciate it. Yeah. Well, okay. I have to ask that question. I mean, when you say adult, mm-hmm. is it like adult theme in I mean, cartoons? I mean, there's certain cartoons that aim for kids, but sometimes they have a lot of adult themes in it, and they don't know it till the end. Like Animaniacs. No, yeah. oh, like yeah, of course, like Animaniacs. Um, basically, it's just like a- also Dexter. I'm gonna interject. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> like Dexter. You know, mm-hmm. Dexter's Laboratory had a lot of adult situational. Mm-hmm. Like running gags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Cow and chicken, big Cow time. Chicken. Yeah. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I, I guess we can go with that. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Knight Rider. What's your number three? Um, Number three for me would have to be, like, F is for Family from Netflix. Okay. Why is that? Oh, well, you know... We, you know, most of us probably grew up in a time where it was socially acceptable to call somebody a, well, I can't say the words now. But you can just use the first letter and it ends with a certain letter. R. Ends with. Ends with a D. That's not really helping. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it was at a time where it was accepted, but I'm not saying they're using those words. I'm just saying they were liberally speaking in terms like that, except, you know, especially when, uh, um, I, I can curse, right? <laughs> you know, especially like, you know, when uh, the very first uh, episode where they, they called on Frank Murphy and he's like, I don't want to buy a, a family Bible for what, 25 bucks? And then and then he says, what, you want me to speak to God? Well, guess what? I almost died bleeding in Korea, so I talked to God. So don't you, tell, you know. Yeah. Okay. And, the, and the classic at the end of the, the segment before the intro in the very first episode, the little kid comes out and he's like, uh, you know, Mr. Murphy, can Billy come out and play? And then Frank <laughs> says, "Why don't you get the f- out of here?" <laughs> I couldn't help but just bla- blast out laughing because you know, that was the type of you know language I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess it is a adult cartoon, but I never saw it as an adult cartoon because I could so much relate to it. Exactly. Yeah. It, it felt more like a regular um, sitcom to me. Even though it was based in, what, 70s? Yeah. During yeah. the oil crisis, mm-hmm. but still. But if, if, well, it reminded me of, you know, that classic Fox TV series, Miratron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the dad, but mom and dad did get along this one, and a yeah. lot of stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's not go into details, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guy. What about you? What's your number three? Number three? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I have I have top twenties so level. <laughs> dumb it down to the top three, so Oh wow. I guess number three would have to be Family Guy. Okay. Oh wait. As a whole or a certain part or era of Family Guy. All of what? it. It'd be all of it. The, oh. the beginning all the way to what it transformed to right now. Okay. How so? Well, because well uh Seth MacFarlane mm-hmm. the inside joke was we know you grew up in the 80s right right so and so did I and that's why all his references was all from the 80s like the one episode where um, where, where you know Optimus Prime had his bar mitzvah or was it yeah, Wait, something like that yeah. yeah so I didn't know he was Jewish so but like all his references were all in the 80s or mm-hmm. that one episode where he actually transformed himself to Ihanda and his neighbor was you know I guess the um, Ryu and Ken version. Mm-hmm. So it's all these references that I, I grew up with. Mm. That it, it just he, he adds into a series. Mm. Okay, that's good. Well, what about your number three? All right, my number three. Um, you want you to put some input on my number three? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, but okay, go, let's go. Your number three because okay, mine was okay. interesting. All right, both of y'all all hate right. Family Guy. Just saying. Yeah. No, all right for a little bit, and then that was it. Family Guy was all right. Like the first two times they got canceled, I thought those were great. Probably the third and fourth time they got canceled. <laughs> they were okay. I don't but... even know what channel they're on. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> it's not on Fox anymore, no right? So, I guess I don't know. TBS, I think. I no, say, no, yeah. that's American Dad. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, you forgot about that. Okay. 
All right, my number three would have to be Daria from MTV. Oh, flashbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a great show. It was at the right place at the right time. It was very smart, very well written, and it really just summarized what the 90s was for teenagers. With the, it, um, especially the archetypes? Yes. The classical archetypes? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With, the, the, with the classic archetypes? That are still relevant today. I thought it was just a version of uh, Fast Time Richmond High through the nerd's perspective. Nah. To me, it was. It was, it was the same archetypes. Yeah. The jocks, the yeah. airheads, you know, the nerds. And yeah, but see, but the difference between... Sean Penn. Well, Sean, yeah. Well, I guess. <laughs> great actor, great actor. Yeah, well, the difference between that and Daria, that every character in Daria, including the parents, mm-hmm. had their own unique personality, had their own thoughts had their own wants and needs and feels and actually learn from their mistakes. Um, the only negative thing I'd have to say about Daria was it got canceled too soon. Yeah. And for, mm-hmm. to me, I think the dumbest reason, because it was too smart of a show. Um, I thought it was a classic romantic. I was hoping Daria hooks up with her best friend's brother. <laughs> nah, well... I mean, that's the only closure I want. I mean... Oh, with Trent? Yeah, with... Yeah. It's, it's kind of, Come on, man. I just wanted to see the wedding episode. That's it. <laughs> Call it a day for me. I'm happy if they live happily ever after. Yeah. Well, MTV is supposedly rebooting it and bringing it back, so... We never know. Well, in that case, I could put now on... Like, in that case, is there no honorable mention from that show? What, BBC and Butthead? No, no, no. From Daria. Six Sad World. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> a cartoon in a cartoon. I'm kind of meta like that. So Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Itchy and Scratchy, Six Sad World. Was it Six Sad World? Six Sad World. Six yeah. Sad World. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Night Rider, what's your number two? Oof. Oof, I've been thrown off. Uh, wait. Uh, no, I'm not thrown off. The Venture Brothers. Okay. Why The Ventures? Well, it's obviously a parody of Johnny, Johnny uh, Quest. Mm-hmm. But uh, they do it in such a way that, um, you know, in like the first few seasons, you know, it was kind of stagnant. But, you know, with purpose, you know, they're showing the flaws of, you know, Johnny Quest and his adventures. Like, you know, this is not going to happen. You know, what about the henchmen? You know, they're going to die. <laughs> but I've been noticing since, what, season, I want to say season four or five. Mm-hmm. You know, starting with the boys who prom, you know, they're moving on. Mm-hmm. You know, the writers are now focusing on progress. They're still okay. bumbling on through, but it's progress. You know, they're, the ventures are finally moving on up. You know, Dean is finally growing up. Uh, Hank, mm, he's still the same Hank, but he's a working man. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, at, right, you know, at the end of season seven, you know, I think, you know, there's more potential going on because, you know, Hank just, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert for everybody. Hank uh, finds out, you know, in the pre the penultimate episode that Dean was sleeping with his girlfriend. Yeah, that's a spoiler for me. I have not saw that yet. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> and while Maybe he was, I, I'm a binge watcher. <laughs> I watch all of it. Do you want once. me to keep on going or go, no? Go ahead. It's already too late. So. Well, at least in Hank's part. And <laughs> and as far as Hank is concerned, I won't ruin everything else. You could go ahead. I know I could, but I won't. Okay. So in Hank's issues you know for the last episode he's in a coma and it came into his head that you know maybe it's time for him to grow up 
Okay. And so when, you know, he got out of his coma at the very end, um, mm-hmm. there's now that potential where it's like, okay, I'm going to grow up, but I'm going to grow up in my own way. Is it like the Rugrats, the new class, when they all went to school after you know, being like babies for so long? Is no, it- but there is a reference to... Uh, I'll just say it. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It's too late. He did a reference to Dark Man. Okay. <laughs> Sam Raimi, Dark Man? Yes. yes. Liam Neeson? Yes. Okay. Yes, the that first one. Dark That first one. Yes. Okay. The only one. I mean, I don't know what the other... I know the that... I didn't really like the sequels. Although Sam... Billy Zane was a good actor. Well, I, I watched him because the villain. I like the villain. Yeah, he was good. He reprised his role. Oh, Durant? That's part two. I know. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, have you seen all <laughs> Well, not part three where they solved the riddle of the the mask, okay. but you know that was part two. But so you have seen it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, anyways, a la, a la Dark Man, Hank, Hank, you know, we're hopefully if you know as soon as they get season eight going on, Hank will finally grow up in his own way. At the end, he turns to Bruce Campbell. Yes. Little Dark Man reference, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, then, guy. So, what about you? What's your number two? Oh wow! Obviously, it's still gonna be on Fox. The Futurama. Oh, Futurama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows. If he knows my uh, my likings, it's just simple stuff. It's not really too hardcore or anything. So Futurama. Mm-hmm. Matt Groening, it's a genius. I think. Oh, okay. Little tidbits, satire. What how, I mean, how you see the future. It's, it seems like what we are doing wrong. It just got carried on rather than you know being fixed or corrected mm-hmm. so yeah. any takes on that oh well here's a question do you think Futurama was better than The Simpsons no no definitely not no because it it didn't ask the questions that only a whole, whole bunch of people from MIT could ask <laughs> <laughs> I mean the writers are all from uh, what the, oh, these are what uh, Harvard graduates and Yale and all that stuff yeah and they're Pretty much are the Norsadamas of our time. Mm-hmm. If you watch The Simpsons, you watch, and you realize the stuff they predicted came true. So, in a sense, they're pretty much the best. What do you call it? The social analysts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, hey, Trump won. They saw it first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that, okay, that kind of ruined my number one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of just took my number one out. <laughs> because usually I ask, is this better than The Simpsons? Uh, Obviously, okay. my number one is going to be The Simpsons now. All right, so we'll talk about The Simpsons since they're your number one. I just gave it why. <laughs> it's the best satirical ever. It's been going on since, what, 1988? And grew up watching it. It went against Cosby and won. Yeah. Yeah. So. A lot of Emmys. Yeah. And... Yeah, well, we already you know. Tracy Ullman. Hey. Yep. Yeah. Tracy Ullman show. He's still on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. My number two is Archer. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Archer. Love that show. Yeah. Um, and that show came out of the blue. No one ever thought it was gonna be a crazy hit. I never thought I was gonna fall in love with Pam and Cheryl or Cheryl. Pam's my girl. Carol. Pam. Carol. Yeah. Carol. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Did they ever establish which is their real name? No. Well, technically her name was Carol, Carol yeah. and she changed it to Cheryl, oh. and then it was Cheryline, oh. and yeah. Hey, top what? Top one hundred in the country music? Come on. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so. Which was 
In case people don't even know this, they actually the the producer of Archers actually released a country album, mm-hmm. which with, yeah. with the actress, yeah, and it was on the top one hundred country Billboard. So if you ever get a chance, try to look for it and listen to it. I heard pretty good stuff about it. Um, yeah, Archer was different. It was just basically okay. Why don't we just take the James Bond motif and make him into a drunk alcoholic? womanizer asshole. Well, it started out as a James Bond motif and it slowly progresses into the the alpha type. I mean, archetypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at first it was James Bond and then we got Dick Tracy type. Mm-hmm. And then you got the 80s adventure type, Magnum P.I. type. Right, right. So it's just really alpha male types. Yeah. Classical alpha male types. Yeah, yeah. But still, it was good. The series is good. Um, Dreamland, I think, one is one of the best noir type shows ever written in the past 10, 20 years. Yeah. I thought that was great. How the way it ended, and the one person that carried that season was Pam. Pam, Pam carried it. It's Poovy. Poovy. Yeah. Poovy, that one. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, but here's a funny thing I watched it three times. Mm-hmm. The third time, I realized she's playing a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was just, you know, doing that. Uh, maybe I'm a hidden closet lesbian or something, you know. It's, but yeah, third time I realized, oh, she's actually a guy. <laughs> a guy. She. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. She had dyslexia. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Night Rider, what's your number one? Ooh. Wait, you didn't say your... Wait, you, did you say... Oh, yeah, you didn't... He's last. Yeah, hey, I was last. Ah, oh, crap. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Is it The Simpsons? No. Well, <laughs> no, it's not The Simpsons. Why not? <laughs> it's a South Park. <laughs> I'm giving you answers, man. I know. Well, it could be South Park. But That's definitely an honorable mention, by the way. South Park. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Well, I think it's between Big Mouth and Bojack Horseman. Oh. But you threw South Park in the mix, so... It's like a big fight. Okay. I'll let you think. I'll come to my number one. All right. My number one is BoJack Horseman. Um, BoJack was one of those shows that just really no one didn't see coming. It's smart. It's well written. They bring a lot of topics right into your face. Just show it to you. Just like literally shoved it down your throat and make you swallow it. But it also brings a lot of realism to it. A good example is um, season four, the depression episode. Do you actually see how a person who has a severe case of depression sees the world? And a lot of people who have um, depression who actually saw that episode actually applauded it. I mean, it was like, yes, this is how I see the world when I'm depressed. Yes, this is how depression really is and it's not fun it's not a safe thing and people who think that depression is like a non-curable mental disease no it's it's real and especially too with season five um if there's one episode you have to watch in season five it's when bojack did a monologue a 30 minute monologue and it was well written. It's, it the was, eulo- it's a eulogy for his mother's funeral. It's called Free Churro. Yes. <laughs> and 
yeah, it's it's it, it it's called Futuro, but then you'll understand why it's called oh, Futuro. Okay. And how the way from beginning to end was so good. It was well written. A lot of things made like tick in the head and you, you you can't help but feel sorry for Bojack, but then you're like I want to feel sorry, but I can't. There's so many mixed emotions. And there hasn't been a show, especially an adult cartoon, can actually tick all the boxes, mm-hmm. you know, and really, really nail it home. I'm surprised the show hasn't won an Emmy yet. Mm-hmm. And I think it should, especially with season five. Was that monologue kind of like the uh, Ed Norton, Rose of um, Bruce Willis? No, 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 no. It blew no. it out of the park. Yeah, the, he he blew this one out of the park, and it's really sad, depressing, and it makes one think. Okay. It, it's really that good, especially with his voice. You know, Will Arnett's voice. Yes, is it a villain or a hero voice? Yeah, pretty much. That's the, yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. All right, so narrator, what's your number one? The first sounds. No, that's pretty adult. So. Well, it was adult for its time in the, yeah. in the '60s. We went back to what? What the cat? <laughs> the cat? Come on. That was in the '70s, based in the '60s. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and I said it's not an honorable mention. It's the gold standard for, but it's really honeymoon. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, but not for the cat. No, I'm talking about face stones. Yeah. So it's a guess. Uh, my number one would have to be. South Park. Okay, why? Um, well, especially when I saw their documentary on how they do, how they work on one episode, they actually go with current events. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't take you know, you know, a few one year or two to go to the next season. No, they do it. They do their episode right then and there. Like when one is done, they continue on yeah, the next it's one. Very, you know, it's mm-hmm. a satire, but yeah, it's a satire, and it actually exposes you know, you know, usually it exposes this country's truths. Ugly mm-hmm. or beautiful truths? Beautifully ugly. No, I've seen both. I, I've seen both truths. From like, uh, there's already, uh, what, three three episodes now in this new season? Mm-hmm. The 20, yeah. What, 22nd season? Are you going to spoil this one for me, too? Go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. They're tackling, you know, I think instead of tackling an issue head on. Actually, I'm caught up. On. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> instead of tackling the issues going on, they're actually going reverse and saying, well, this is what everybody's more worried about as opposed to what's really going on. Kind of like Wag the Dog scenario? Uh, theme, I mean, sorry. Wag the Dog theme. Yeah. 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 But we just worry like about the biggest stuff. issue right now is the gun violence, but is it in, in the world of South Park? No. It's all about, um, well, in the case of this past Wednesday's episode, the upcoming Christmas pageant. And there's no funding. Oh, I see. Right. And in the background, you hear children crying as they're getting shot. But once they mention, "Oh, we need we're losing f- funding for the Christmas pageant with Mr. Hankey," dun dun dun! Yeah. Everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's it makes sense because it seems like the news just put stuff out there for us and seem that's their main topic versus what's really out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, and sadly, the only one this far who had had. The, the voice of reason was Sharon. You know, what are you people, are you guys crazy? You don't understand what's going on? Is it Jersey Sharon or regular Sharon? Regular Sharon. Regular Sharon. I love Jersey Sharon. 
<laughs> you know, she's going nuts because she's the one who's the voice of reason. And by the end of the first episode, she becomes complacent. You know, especially when, you know, the irony that what complacent she said... Or complicit? Complacent. Okay. Complacent. You know, she just went with the crowd. It seemed like she even though complicit, she, so I'm sorry. Even though, she, even though when she said, like, oh my god, what if it stands someday? Tomorrow could be Stan. Who knows? And it, and it turned out to be Stan's turn to get shot. And then, like, well, what do you think, Sharon? And she's like, you know what? It's not the end of the world. Okay. She just went along with the crowd. Complacent. No. Or complicit. No. Hopefully. No, that's the question of that. Are you being complacent or are you being, you know, complicit? You know when crimes happen and you just think, it's, well, it really has nothing to do with you. Well, I think it was an instant change from complacent to complicit. Yeah. At first, when she was explaining, oh, well, it is my period or their hormones or whatever, mm -hmm. she was complacent. And then and then when they called about Stan, she became complicit when she said, yeah. oh, well, it's all right. It's not the end of the world. So it's a fine line, pretty much. Yeah, there's a fine line, and she instantly crossed it right there. <laughs> <laughs> In that scene alone, three, two lines, and she crossed it right there. Yeah. Mm. So South Park? Yeah, South Park. <laughs> what took you so long to say South Park? <laughs> There's a lot of other ones out there, like you know, Big Mouth. You know, they just came out with season two. Okay, and that's what I will mention. That should be at least if you, if, if well, if you if you're conflicted between those two, right? Shouldn't one of be number two? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh the issue now. The issue is the, the 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 name of the list. Why number three? You could have been five. Top five is as opposed to top three. Well, it's going to be an odd number, I think. He, he likes odd numbers because there's no either or. It's one side or the other. Mm -hmm. So three is kind of hard. Yeah, it is true. He is yeah. right in that point. But, but five yeah. is more than three. It could have gone more smoothly. Yeah. Options would have been more smoothly. Yeah, but I like to see you guys sweating bullets when you're on the spot. <laughs> I don't. But, but it's, it's... No, but... It, okay, I forgot. Was it Big Mouth Fish? Whatever. Big Mouth. Big Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Sega Dreamcast guy. You know, Sega Bass Mouth Fishing is in my head. I don't know why. But, okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. If, if if they were on par with South Park, shouldn't that be number two? And whatever your number two was should be number three. Yes. Okay, so are you going to retract? <laughs> it's okay to retract. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's like you have more time to think about it. You know what you're... Yeah, you're but I already know what's at issue. The topic itself. Why three when you can go five? It's harder with three. I think that's the reason why. I mean, he said already, he was like swaying bullets, so it makes sense. Yeah. If he give you top 10, that'd be easier too. Yeah, of course. You might arrange it differently, but you know, your top five is going to be up there and followed by honorable mentions. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, right for then. the record, the, 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 the theme of the questions <laughs> that is at issue here. So go ahead. What theme? What? Three questions as opposed to five. No, no. Three. Okay, three tops. Three top. Three tops as opposed to five tops. Okay. I, well, like he said, it was harder for three, easier on five. He wanted the harder of the two. Yep. In that case, I, I, I'd be more hard. Only one. <laughs> It'd be more hard because you have all these choices you had. Mm-hmm. So it, it caused you to think more. I mean, I, I, I see the reason why he did it. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, right. Oh my. It's not like I'm related to you, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's... Whatever, to the end plus one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. I'm playing your game in here. So. Yes, I'm playing it too. But I'm having fun with it. It's a great game. It's hopscotch. I, I suffered for it. You stepped on the line, hopscotch. I'm sorry. 
You forgot to pick up your um, little bracelet. That's what you always use. My marker? Shoot. <laughs> it's a chain, so that's not even a good You tell me to hurry marker. up and all the good spots are taken. <laughs> you forgot to twist at the end, too. You have to twist to come back. My rules are hard. <laughs> all right, then. We're going to oh, okay. take a short break. Wait, what about your number one? I already said my number Bojack, one. Oh, my God. You skipped Bojack your, Horseman. Because you took so long between uh, Big Mouth Fish and <laughs> Big Mouth Fish. <laughs> and I was like, uh, if should those two be in my head? I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. All right, we need to reset his Dreamcast for a moment. <laughs> okay. No, not reset that. Those memories don't last forever, man. Yeah. Well, then put it on your save save slot, and then let's let's go it's move on. It's a card attached to the controller. That's what I meant. <laughs> if those things are dead, they're screwed. Save the data, then move and conserve the the choice uh, the, the the gamepad, and move on. I only have one card. I, can, I can't convert it to another card. Buy another one. Well, you can just say, save it on the computer and you know, pick it up later. I'm tech savvy. You know, know <laughs> well, do that then. No, it takes the aura away. It takes the mis- mystique of having a Dreamcast. You got to follow the rule when the times. Nine nine ninety nine was a different year. Yeah. Release date. I know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. I missed it. Okay. Which version you got? None, none. He went for PlayStation 2 at the time. Hey, that was a good choice. I can't really lose. I love PS2 also. Yeah. All right. Then eventually when guy got Dreamcast. Yeah. You realized what you were missing. <laughs> well, I I went to get it after I it's found It's the that Capcom up. machine. Just say you're missing some Capcom games. That was it. Yeah. No, actually, no. It wasn't for that. They have a lot of them. <laughs> no, it was because of Fantasy Star online. Really? I actually... Right. I, I love Fantasy Star. All right. We, I think it's better than... Um, you Final want to do fantasy. In, okay, want to do impromptu topic? Top three Sega Dreamcast game. <laughs> that's another top. That's for another time. <laughs> no, my number two is tied with number one. Sega Bass Malfish. <laughs> tied with Soul Calibur two. <laughs> All right then. We're gonna take a quick. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. 